Today we lost a good man. Pursuant to Article Number 46 of the Collective Bargaining Agreement, this will set forth Commissioner Goodell's disciplinary decision in connection with your actions between July 17th and July 21st of 2006 and separately on March 11th, 2017. This was the email that Ezekiel Elliott got in regards to his six-game suspension handed down by the NFL. Mr. Elliott has three days to appeal the suspension, which his lawyers have came out and said that he will do. And then the NFL has up to 10 business days to go through the appellate process, which it could drag out much longer than that, as we've seen before in the deflate gate. Everybody, this is episode five of the Pyropoles podcast, where we will be going over the Zeke gate. There was also a Sammy Watkins trade and a Jordan Matthews trade, where we'll really be keying in on these three things and giving you the fantasy outtakes from those. In late April of 2016, there was a mass outbreak of Zika on the NFL. After 1,600 yards, this outbreak has turned into an issue as he's been suspended for six games for violating the conduct policy. Although there are a couple ways you could view this, and in dealing with the appellate process, it could go a couple different ways, we're going to assume that the six-game suspension will stand because the NFL hasn't really gone back on its word in dealing with the domestic violence cases. Famously, the Ray Rice four-game suspension, which the, uh, the NFL really lost a, uh, a big fan base from that, and many were outraged. When looking at the suspension, there are a couple interesting things to note. The sp- suspension was handed down by Todd Jones rather than Roger Goodell, which implies that Goodell will be the deciding factor in the appellate process rather than the suspension process. And when Goodell is in the appellate process, it is less likely for a reduction to happen in the suspension. I will bring up that Maverick Richardson on Twitter, at CTR7896, stated that uh, the witness, Ian Martin, in an affidavit to the Columbus Police, authorities have her as a witness that Tiffany Thompson, the accuser, was never in physical contact on the night of one of the accused cases. She, um, she saw Zeke in a car with another female, and angrily yelled out that she would ruin his career. I'm paraphrasing this as it went into uh, much more detail. Um, So there is a chance that there could be a reduction in light of this, but I don't think it's that likely. So let's look at some of the big picture fallouts from this. Initially, I moved Zeke from my running back four with an assumed three-game suspension down to my running back 11. For Des Bryant, I moved him down from wide receiver 11 to wide receiver 19, and Dak Prescott from quarterback 15 down to quarterback 20. The lack of Ezekiel Elliott will make the Cowboys' offense significantly less efficient, and that's why these major players moved down. And looking at Darren McFadden, in the games that Zeke will be suspended... Week 1, they'll be playing the Giants. Week 2, the Broncos. Week 3, the Cardinals. Week 4, the Rams. Week 5, the Packers. They have a bye week in Week 6. And Week 7 is the 49ers. Of those games, I only really want to stream 
against the Packers and 49ers. So that's only two out of the six games where we're getting positive uh, streaming games from Darren McFadden. So in dealing with Zeke, I think that uh, his rank is going to go down a little bit lower because we don't have a clear streaming option on the Cowboys. After this fallout, Zeke will probably fall down to the end of the first round, beginning of the second round when everything all neutralizes out and people stop overreacting to this new news. I think Darren McFadden will likely be going around the same time that D'Angelo Williams did last year, so in the seventh or eighth round. So that's a, basically a late first, early second, and a late seventh, early eighth that you'll have to pay for that. Backfield of dreams in Dallas. Although there are some other good options there when you can you can stream guys like Jaquiz Rogers, Terrence West, and Robert Kelly for seemingly lower prices on draft day. We also have some good news today. The Buffalo Bills made a trade where they sent Sammy Watkins to the Los Angeles Rams with a 2018 six-round pick. The Rams also got a... 28 or sorry a 2018 third round pick and in losing Sammy Watkins the Bills went out and traded for Jordan Matthews from the Eagles and they sent their cornerback Ronald Darby to Philadelphia I moved uh, Tyrod down to QB 17 with Jordan Matthews instead of Sammy Watkins I used Jordan Matthews up a little bit to wide receiver 42 in Buffalo and I moved Sammy Watkins from wide receiver 8 to wide receiver 13. I did this because I think L.A. is a much worse situation for him. If you look at their stats from last year, Tyrod averaged 4.5 air yards per attempt. And he also threw 4.6 deep balls per game. In comparison, Jared Goff only averaged 2.7 air yards per attempt and only threw 2.6 deep balls per game. What Sammy Watkins really thrives on is making those deep routes happen. And unfortunately with Goff, he's going to have a lower chance to do that. Looking at the situation in Buffalo, their top three receivers now are Jordan Matthews, Anquan Bolton, and Zay Jones. The issue that I see here is all three of them are primarily slot receivers. In a tweet today from Slot Barrett, I mean Scott Barrett, Zay Jones spent 68.1% of his time in the slot from 2014 to 2016. Anquan Bolden, on the other hand, was at 70.4%, and Jordan Matthews was up at 84.5%. And there are just not enough positions on the field for all these guys to be in the slot, so... You can see Jordan Matthews and Zay Jones being productive on the outsides, but at his age, Anquan Bolden likely can't do much producing from anywhere except for the slot, as he's basically a tight end at this part of his career. In pivoting back to Ezekiel Elliott's situation, he moves now from the almost unquestioned number three overall pick, sometimes number four, He's moving down quite considerably. And if you look at it analytically, I think he should be moving even further. In a half-point PPR, according to PFF's keeper trade chart, or keeper value chart, Ezekiel Elliott is going from about 85 in the half-point PPR 
And if you take those six games that he's missing, his value goes down to about a 39. And if you look at other players that have similar values, or you're looking in the Larry Fitzgerald, Tyreek Hill, LeGarrette Blunt, Tom Brady. These are players that you're seeing go in more of the fourth, fifth round area, but Zeke does have 20 point per game upside when he does return, and he does still have the ability to get around 200 to 230 touches. So Zeke does have the ability when he returns to be among the top two or three running backs in points per game. However, let's look at some other options that you could do in streaming Zeke. The first option is obviously Darren McFadden, who, as we said before, will be going in the 7th or 8th and is not an ideal candidate as he only has one or two positive game game scripts in those six games. Next, I'm going to look to Rob Kelly of the Washington Redskins. According to Fantasy Pros, he's going as RB35, around 92 overall. We'll call that an eighth-round pick for Rob Kelly, so you're spending a, a first and an eighth, or a second and an eighth. He's a good option because he seems to have a clear hold on that starting running back position in Washington, at least as of now. Terrence West is the next guy I look at at 114 overall, or RB42. He doesn't seem to have anyone in his way rushing in Baltimore. He should be able to fill in pretty nicely for those games, but we haven't seen him play with with Danny Woodhead yet. So we kind of have to see how they work together, and Joe Flacco still isn't back yet. So there's a lot of, a lot of question marks flying around in Baltimore. Then I look to one of the, the better and cheaper options is Jaquiz Rogers, currently going at RB49. He's, gonna, he's still going to be cheaper around the 12th round you can get him, and he should provide those first three games without Doug Martin. He should provide pretty quality games. I'm leaning towards Jaquiz if you're looking to get Ezekiel Elliott in stream. And then I look to a little bit more of an expensive option with Jonathan Stewart in Carolina. In the beginning of the season, I see him playing a bigger role as Christian McCaffrey adjusts to the NFL speed, which we saw he could in that first preseason game. But he's currently going at RB38, and that's looking like the 7th or 8th round as well, but I, I think he could provide some pretty good value. Ezekiel Elliott still does hold great value when he returns for those last eight games of the fantasy season in playoffs, and he could get you upwards of 20 points per game. But at this point, as it still stands as a six-game suspension, I'm starting to pivot away from Zeke. And I'm going to look for creative ways that I can get him later in the season so I don't have to eat that roster spot in that second or first overall pick on my team for the whole eight weeks without him. Stay tuned for more episodes of the Power Pulse podcast as we'll be deep diving into more situations like this and we'll be offering you more analysis on this Ezekiel Elliott situation, the Sammy Watkins in Los Angeles, and Jordan Matthews in Buffalo, along with other big schemes and strategies.